Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is a world premiere. Great morning, great morning, great morning, precious people. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the culture call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. It is indeed the place where Tuscaloosa meets the world. That's right. And for the next two hours, that's right, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be talking a little bit about everything from society to sports, education to economics, and definitely from religion to relationships. And as always, we are here to create a safe space. That's right. Say it with me. A safe space to have empowering, provocative, and yes, sometimes controversial conversations. And guess what? Yeah, you can call in or you can hit me up on the chat on the app. Guess what? And you can learn with me right here together on The Culture Call. Welcome to all of you who are our new listeners to The Culture Call. Maybe you just heard about us. Listen, I welcome you to The Culture Call family. Thank you for being in our space. Yeah for taking the ride with us for the next couple of hours. I promise you it's going to be enlightening. Just stay right here with us. And of course, all of you all who listen every day in some kind of way, even on this, on on when you're at your job or wherever you are, you let me know that, hey, I enjoy your show. Thank you so very much. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I want to give a shout out to Brother Jay blazing the trail every morning right here with great inspirational music. I'm telling you, he knows what to do, and he passes this baton to me. And I have no choice but to carry this heat for at least for the next two hours. So shout out to Brother Jay. Listen, I want to encourage each and every one of you, if you've not done so already, to go to your app store on your smart device, your Apple or your Android. Search for me, Praise 93.3 FM. It's going to pull up an app, and guess what? It's a free 99 app. It doesn't cost you one single penny to go ahead and download the app. Guess what? Because that will help you to hear me from wherever you are, all around the world and definitely all around the country. So it doesn't matter whether you're in Manhattan, whether you're in Queens, whether you're in Richmond, whether you're in Tallahassee, Florida, and definitely if you are here in Tuscaloosa and all of the surrounding areas, guess what? You can tune in and hear what is happening right here on The Culture Call. Listen, also, you can go to social media because I know that's where we live. <laughs> that's right. And go ahead and sign up for the uh, uh the Culture Call Facebook, yeah, Facebook page. Go ahead, just search out The Culture Call, like us. That's all you have to do. Like us and greet us. Let me know where you hit me up from, whether it's Utah, Boulder G, Birmingham, Gadsden, Alabaster, doesn't matter. Let me know where you are from. And uh, yeah, and I want to stay in touch with you. Guess what? You can also do this. Send me your public service announcements and events at culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at 
gmail.com. That's right. And send me your flyers, send me your announcement. Let me know what's happening in your neck of the woods, in your church, your organization, your fraternity, your sorority. Maybe you're an artist or a preacher doing something wonderful in the city. Yeah, we want everybody, Lottie Dottie and everybody to know exactly what's going on. You never know how much the power of presence can really make your event a success. You don't know how good it feels to see people pack out your event. So go ahead and do that. You can send it to me also via uh, the Facebook page. Send me, send it to me via Messenger uh, on the Culture Call. Do that, and definitely uh, we will announce it so that we will let everybody know. I want to do my part and let everybody know what's happening with you. That's why. Because we do it better when we do it together. And, of course, you can definitely write down this number, 205-752-4800. That's 205-752-4800. Definitely, you can listen to me and call in and chat it up. Uh, you can hit me up on the app. Yeah, I read it and everything. Yeah, do that. And guess what? It's going to be a great show. We definitely need to hear from you. So do me a favor. Sit back and relax. Grab you some coffee. You know what we do. Maxwell House, uh, our Starbucks here. Y'all know what I like. Uh-huh. That's right. And then you can get you some herbal tea, whether it's chamomile, whether you're trying to relax and calm down, or whether it's some green tea, whether you're trying to get a little caffeine kick. Wake up your morning. Definitely, definitely get you some alkaline water. Get hydrated. That's right. Uh, and uh, get those cells up and say, hey, let's wake up and let's go ahead and get into the culture. Listen, beloved, let me tell you something. We had a wonderful conversation yesterday. Shout out to everybody who let me know, hey, I didn't know about Advent. I didn't know about, you know, the whole idea of the candles and the wreath and all of that kind of good stuff. I think it's important for us to know um, in our community, especially those of us who are not aware of what's going on and what they really mean. I think we get caught up so much this time of year in all of the commercialism and all of the, you know, the politics, <laughs> whether it's Xmas or put you, can you put Christmas, you know, and people being not understanding that in the Greek X, the letter X is the symbol for Christ, right? So when you see Xmas, Mary Xmas, that's not Xing out Christ. That's really the Greek or the Roman symbol that they use to symbolize Christ. You know, everything wasn't done in English, right? <laughs> yeah, that part. So yeah, and so we get to that this time of year, and sometimes we get the focus off of what this season or this time of season really means, right? Uh, the word Advent comes from the Latin word aventum, which, in the, which means coming and arrival. Coming, there is something coming and there is something also that's going to arrive because everything that comes doesn't always arrive, right? Sometimes people send you things in the mail that just doesn't get to you. You're sitting there like, what in the world is going on? I'll tell you what is going on, uh, that, that they, they, it was coming, you know, it arrived, but it never came to your house. It never got to where it need, uh, needed to go. But that's what Advent is, the, the coming and the arrival, uh, the arrival and the coming of Christ, right, into the earth, into Jesus, into the earth. And, and it's really, it centers us to let us know uh, about what our significant and divine purpose is. And, and during Advent season, uh, if you observe the liturgical calendar, which a lot of churches, uh, Methodist churches and Catholic churches and uh, Episcopal churches, they 
they recognize the lect, uh, the liturgical calendar. Uh, a lot of Pentecostals and Baptists, we don't necessarily do that, but it doesn't mean that we can't learn about it, right? Absolutely. But the uh, on the liturgical calendar, this is the time of Advent. And Advent, I talked a little bit about the Advent wreath yesterday and saying that there were uh, three three purple candles, one pink, and in the center of that wreath, there is a white candle. And we told you what every Sunday meant. This past Sunday at the Impact Nation, we uh, celebrated uh, hope. Hope is the first candle, hope and expectation. Because one of the things that Christ came to bring into the world was hope. Yeah, an expectation. Yeah, every day we believe that things are going to get better. Every day we believe that things are going to work in our favor. We have an expectation and we have a hope, right? That... Uh, even though we may live life in a tumultuous season, it's ups and downs and all of that, guess what? Yeah, hope says it is going to turn around in your favor. That's what hope says, yeah. And so I don't even know if you're listening to me this morning and what you're going through. I don't know what's happening in your life, what's occurring, you know, because this is not always a happy season uh, for everybody. Many people have experienced some things recently or historically that, uh, you know, around this time of year, that kind of is, you know, that kind of that depresses them, discourages them, you know, makes them feel disconnected. But what that first candle hope says is that you can hope again. You can expect again. Things are going to get better. Let me say that one more time because I don't I don't want anybody not to hear this. Let me let me say it again. Things are definitely going to get better. That's right. That's what hope says. Hope, you hope, this is what the text says, you hope in God. Stop putting your hope in all these other things, materialisms and, and things. Those things will fade away. Those things will, like a vapor, you know, as soon as the, the heat of the day gets, uh, you know, at a peak place, it, you know, and it doesn't even take that long. That, that whole thing can be a vapor. But when you have hope in something greater than you, you got hope in another power, another purpose, another existence, right? When uh, you have hope in God, for he is the help. That's what, he is the help and the strength of your countenance. What is a countenance? It's not just your face, but it's how you show up. It's your attitude, right? And so what hope says uh, is that you don't have to be, you know, hold your head down. You don't have to be grief, despair, and agony on me. No, this time of year, get your hope back. I'm going to speak that to you. That's right. No matter where you are and no matter what you're going through, one of my dear friends and brothers says that the struggle is over. Jonathan uh, Nelson says the struggle is over for you. That's right. That's you got to know and expect something better. That's what the first candle of Advent is. That's right. Jesus came to bring hope to the world, right? Secondly, the second candle, and that's what we'll do this Sunday, is the candle of peace. Right, because not only did he come to bring hope, but it came to be peace, right? Peace, goodwill to all men. And I think peace is so very important for us in this setting uh, that we talk about this because if you look all over the world, y'all, all over the world, we need peace. I mean, so much is going on. In this country, we need peace. And I mean, you can describe it from everywhere on a local, on a statewide, on a federal, on in the entire globe. There needs to be a movement of peace. And peace 
doesn't mean the absence of confusion. Peace means that there is an inward belief of 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 stability and inward uh, 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 inward hope and expectation. There it goes back to the first candle that things are going to get better, right? Uh, even in in uh, Jesus's homeland now in Palestine, there is something going on. There is war, warfare, children dying, women dying. You know. And uh, I, I don't know what the tide is even today. I haven't had an opportunity to look at that uh, that, I, that I normally would. But I know that there is something going on. And even in this country, we're, we're fussing and fighting. And we shouldn't be. There was a time when we wouldn't be fussing. but And clear our heads would prevail. But all kinds of isms are going on. Political unrest is going on. The, the clinch and the clutch for power power and it's not power to help other people it's power to break down communities power to control uh power to imprison we need peace we need peace that's right we need peace and we're not even considering those who are so detached from any kind of a possibility that things might get better they need peace as well there are people on the street, there are people under bridges. There are people sleeping out in the cold that have no hope or peace, right? And I think that's very important that we focus in. That's what this time of year is about. It's not just about gifts and presents. It's also thinking about and remembering those who are not as fortunate as you and I may be. And that's fact. And that could be people in your family. That could be coworkers. That could be people in your church. That could be people you just see driving uh, along the street when you're going somewhere from to the fro. You could see someone pushing a buggy and have all of their life in a buggy from Piggly Wiggly or from Publix. And your heart goes out to them. That person needs peace, peace of mind, peace of living, peace, peace that things are going to get better, that they have no worries of being attacked and viciously uh, disregarded, Right? That peace needs to prevail, you know? And Jesus said something so very powerful. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Understand what he really means. Doesn't mean that Jesus is out here, up here tearing stuff up. That's not what he did when he was living, you know, that's no. He says, I came to bring a sword. I came for a decision to be made because you will never be totally at peace until you've made a decision to be at peace, Right? You, you have to choose. You have to choose. That's what this coming Sunday is about. What are your choices in life? Have you decided to be at peace? I know folks may not be, things may not be going the way you want them to go, but have you made a decision? Have you made a choice? Have you made a choice not to be cantankerous and be a brawler and be hellish? Have you made a choice to live and follow peace with all men? Yeah. Have you made that choice? That's what he said. I can't. No, you can't have peace because you haven't exercised the sword. And that is the sword of conscious decision. Right. That is a sword that you've got to make up your mind about what you want your life to look like. Life gets better, but you've got to decide that it gets better. Yeah. Peace doesn't come just because, you know, Jesus says, hey, I give you peace. But guess what? You can decide to still live in calamity because that might be what you're most familiar with. 
that might be, you know, your comfortable place is a place of upheaval, is a place of dysfunction, is a place of always fighting, a place of perpetual warfare. You can't even pray and say, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the favor. Thank you for the activity of my limbs and the articulation of my speech and I'm clothing my right. You can't even say that because your whole prayer life is a life of warfare. <laughs> I mean, and there is an aspect, there is a time and a season, as Ecclesiastes says, there's a time and a season for all of those things, but you got to have peace, right? And so that's the second candle. The third candle and the fourth candle is what we really want to talk about today. And that third candle is the candle of joy. Joy. I, I really want us culture called to really understand what joy is. I want to dig into this. Why? Good, glad that you asked. Because in my life, what I do from day to day, I pastor people, you know, y'all know that. I meet people from all over the all over the country when I'm in travel and all of that. I talk to them. I'm kind of a quiet kind of guy. Don't let them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know it's kind of hard to believe. You ain't no way you can be quiet. Yeah, you know, really, for really, I am. Because I'm an observer. And what I've observed is many people are so, uh, they, they lack joy because... Because they are confusing two things, joy with happiness. Yeah, they're confusing joy and happiness, right? That they feel, they feel like because they're not happy in every situation in their life that they don't have joy. No, joy is of a spiritual context. It is something on the inside of you. Yeah, see, it all connects together. That gives you peace and hope. That joy as it says, is, is the strength of the Lord. That joy is that thing that keeps you getting up. It's, the, it's that thing that keeps, you know, Paul alive in prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's right. Joy to the world. Doesn't mean that everything in the world is going to make you happy and gleeful. No, no. Joy means that, that I have decided with whatever world I find myself in, I have the strength to persevere. I have the strength to smile. I have the strength to be kind. I have the strength to do right by people, right? Joy is something that is on the inside, you know, uh, that, that, that's so, you know, so very powerful. I can remember in the Sunbeam Choir. Do y'all remember the Sunbeam Choir? I, I, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> when we used to sing, uh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world didn't take it, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away, you know? This joy that I have, you got to remember that. Sometimes you got to go back and remember all the other times that you've made it through, the, the, other, the other Christmases that, that you thought it wasn't going to be what it was, but somehow, some way, it came through and it was the best time of your life. Joy, not allowing pessimism and negativity to bring you down, not allowing no, no gossip and no rumor and, you know, all that to get into your heart, into your ear, into your mind. I, listen, you know, girl, let me tell you, God, man, bro, let me let me tell you something, bro. Yeah, listen, and they get into you, and now what they're saying has brought you down, and you lose an element of your joy. Joy is that thing that says, guess what? We're going to keep going. That's right. What we're building is progressing. My life every day gets better, so I'm joyous. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I kind of really kind of uh, sprained, twisted my ankle. 
And, and oh, my goodness, it just hurt, hurt. I mean, it hurt, hurt, hurt. I was out of town. Actually, it happened before I left out of town. But when I got to uh, Virginia, it was so painted. It was so swollen. And I was trying to walk around campus. And I, I, I was like, you know, but it could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. I hadn't seen a doctor. When I finally got home, I soaked my ankle and, you know, everything else. I, I was just, you know, even though it happened and even though it hurt, I still had joy. I wasn't happy about it, you know, because happiness oftentimes depends on the happening. And all of us would be telling a fear, an untruth, if we say everything that happened to me or that's happening in my world is good. No, some things you just got to strategize. You're in the midst of a great conflict, you know, resolution orientation right now. There's something going on in your family, on your job that you got to figure out. I get it. I get it. So the happenings may not always be one that produces happiness. But when you have joy, joy says, even though I am not happy about where I am right now, if I just keep on going, it's going to get better. I'm going to run in my into my happiness and my perspective is going to change. Yeah. My life, my mindset, my attitude is going to change. Somebody somewhere is going to do something good for me. That's what that's what that's what uh uh joy says. Joy reminds you. Yeah. Joy reminds you that you have an opportunity for things to get better. So say it with me. Come on, everybody. Things will get better for me. Say it. Say it out of your mouth. That's right. Things will get better for me. You know what's speaking? Joy. That's joy talking. Because that's not happiness talking. Because right now you may be finding yourself in a crazy situation. I get it. But what that third candle reminds us is that no matter, giving up is not an option. Joy says you better get up. You better eat the fat and drink the sweet. Huh? You better be merry. Get your attitude together. Right? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what the text says. The text says that with joy shall we draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Right? That's what the text says. In other words... I have to approach my life differently. I've got to see this thing differently. I've got to see it differently. I can't allow anybody and any person to say, well, oh, no, I don't want to be around people that's always, you know, even when I, when I make a negative confession, I need somebody around me to say, hey, man, where's your joy? Get yourself back together again. I don't want to be around. So I said, oh, my toe hurt. Oh, my, my face hurt. My, my teeth hurt. I mean, they're trying to out hurt me. <laughs> no, I want to be around somebody that reminds me it gets better. That's what joy says. It gets better than this. Yeah, it gets better than this. That's what joy says. That's right. And that's what my confession is. That's what your confession is. That's right. How you know what my confession is? I'm um, Because I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Absolutely. It gets better.
for me. It gets better for me, gets better for my spouse, my my children. It gets better on my job. It gets better on my on my with my uh, all my family, extended family. Yeah, it gets better in my finances and my money that I'm going to have what I need by the time, you know, it's time to exchange gifts or whatever. I'm going to have the, all the food that I need. Now, it may not be to overflow, but, 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 but it gets better than where I am now. Guess, who that, guess what's that talk? That's joy talking. Because what joy refuses to allow you to do is to misalign your words, to, to, uh, to, to be reconciled with defeat and depression. No, it's joy unspeakable. That means I got so much joy, I can't even articulate it. I'm going to make it. You, you know, you, I've been on visitations and I've seen cancer patients or people who are going through uh, terminal situations and you walk in the room and you think you, that you're going to pray and you're going to encourage them. And then you walk in there and here it is, they encourage you. They make you feel better. They... <laughs> I mean, they make you feel like, wait a minute, hold on. I came here to encourage you. I came here to let you know, don't you give up. I, that, and here it is, you don't encourage me. You know what that is? That's joy. That I'm, not, I'm here another day. I can remember when my mom was on her bed, uh, her deathbed, actually, at the time, and the chaplain came in. They, the hospital sent the chaplain in. And, uh, uh, you know, my mom had the BPAP on, but she was lucid in her mind. She knew who I was. She knew everything around her. She was just trying to breathe at that time. And um, the chaplain came in. And so my mom reached out to her and grabbed her hands. And, and, and she said, okay, Spence, you go out. She said, go out, go out. She, you know, it wasn't Spence, you go out. It was this go out. She suggested me to go out. And she grabbed, a, she grabbed the, the chaplain's hands and I'm thinking that she wants the chaplain to pray for her. No, my mom starts prophesying. She tells the chaplain to take the mask off because she got something to tell her. And my mom starts prophesying to the chaplain about her future, about all the things that's going on. I'm like, I'm like, wow, where does that come from? The Lord said, that's joy. That's what joy, that's what joy is. That's what joy. The chaplain came out to me in tears and said to me, you know, that your mom is a remarkable woman. Your mom is phenomenal. I was like, what happened? What happened? She said, I'm coming in to pray for her. I'm coming in to, you know, find out if it. she grabbed my hand and prophesied my life and encouraged me as a woman in ministry. Because at the time, our, our chaplain was a woman in ministry and uh, and all of those things. And, and she told me this and told me her. I was like, I was just gone for 15 minutes. When did she do all that? See, joy is an expectation that no matter wherever I am, no matter wherever I am, yeah, that I, I want you to understand that you will never, ever get beyond the need to have joy. You need today i want to speak to all of you who are listening to me on the culture call at your job at home whether you're eight or whether you're 80 i want you to know that you cannot do this life without joy so that when your church sings joy to the world the lord has come let let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature sing when you begin to say that 
as a Christmas carol, I want you to take that to a different mentality, a different set of thinking. I need you to see it differently now that Joy says we going to make it. Joy says I refuse to give up. Joy says I don't know how I'm going to come out of it. But guess what? I'm going to come out. And I'm going to come out all right. I'm going to come out being the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm going to come out. That's right. I'm going to come out not smelling like smoke at all. Yeah, joy. That's what that is. That's how I'm going to come out. I'm super excited about that. And I want to share that with you today as we talk about the last two, joy and love. And of course, the last candle is Christ. But, but, but on the third Sunday, we light the candle of joy. And I want to light you up this morning, Culture Call, to let you know and to remind you to don't disregard your joy. Get your joy. Rejoice. If you've lost it, rejoice again. <laughs> rejoice again. That's right. I'm going to make it through. You might be sick, not feeling well. You might have gotten a dire report. But here's what Joy says. Joy says, I don't know how, when it's going to end. I don't know when, when. Listen, but I'm coming out and I'm going to come out all right. That's Joy's confession. That is Joy's confession. That's right. Listen, we're going to have a great day here on The Culture Call right here on Praise 93.3 with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. I need you to keep it locked right here. We've got so much to come. Talking about Advent. The last two candles, maybe three, yeah, of Advent, joy and love. Don't miss it. This is the world And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Welcome to all of you. You just may have been tuned in, you know. You not, may not have, you may have missed the centering moment. Let me say that. Uh, but we are glad and grateful that you are here with us on the Culture Call. And we've been talking about, for the last two days, Advent. This time of year, Christmas time, Xmas time, all that. Yeah, but I want to bring you into the space where we understand Advent. That's right, the coming and the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's very important for us to talk about. Because we have, by and large, a very religious community. I know that... A lot of us go to and through church, you know. I'm not saying that all of us are, you know, in, in the community are, are etched and bound right now. You may not have a local church home or whatever. But all of us, our grandparents, our parents have taken us to church. And during this time of year, we, you hear a lot of Christmas speeches that give you, you know, a text out of Matthew uh, to remember and to recite. And uh, this time it's just filled with, you know, the, the, the weather changes, the scene changes, the decorations change, Christmas trees go up, presents under the tree, all of those different kinds of things, family getting ready to uh, uh, come together. All of those are wonderful, and it marks this time of year. But what I want to make certain is to appeal to our spiritual sense of an understanding as a community that I think that when we understand really what Advent means to us, especially in this country at this time, as black people, uh, as people of color, I think that if, if we miss that, if we miss that, then guess what? I think that we've missed a revelation and perhaps even a revolution in our own personal lives, in our community, 
to push something into our children, our children's children, to the generations that are to come that's so very important for their survival. And I think Advent is one of those seasons. Yeah, I think at the end of the year, it resets us. I know a lot of times we wait to reset in, you know, in January, you know, to go to the gym or whatever, make our, what we call our New Year's resolutions. But I think the truth of the matter is, is that the reset really, really begins in December and these four Sundays of Advent, right? And yesterday we did talk about hope. We did talk about uh, uh, peace on yesterday. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, joy and love. Why are they so important? Joy and love. And we talked about in the first segment why joy was so important. Because guess what? Guess what? Joy is that thing that's deep on the inside. Yeah. Deep on the inside that the world didn't give it. So don't look outside. Don't look for somebody to give you joy. No. No. They didn't give it. But guess what? They can't take it away. And you shouldn't allow them to. No. That joy is the thing that says, hey, it's going to be better today than it was yesterday. I'm calling a better day. I'm calling my body to feel better. I'm calling my head to feel better. I'm calling everything around me to get better. That's what joy says. And not only am I going to call it, I'm going to act like it. I'm going to watch this, y'all. Watch this coach call. Joy says everything will follow my wind. W-I-N-D. Everything in my life will follow my wind. Which means now... That you know how when you walk past a person, you can sometimes feel them walking by. You can you can you can experience the wind. You don't see it, but it's it's like uh, you they're walking by at such an exuberant and intentional space and pace that you feel the wind, right? It, it's kind of like that. It's it's like that. That's what joy is from the inside out. That when you that everything in your life is going to follow your wind. That I understand what I'm looking at, but the wind that my life is walking in, the wind that I am blowing today says everything is going to turn around and everything is going to get better. Absolutely. That's what that wind is. That you, you it, when I walk through my kitchen and I don't have all the food that I want, I'm going to walk and I'm going to change and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk knowing that he's going to give me Everything I need, every time I need it. Let me say that again. He's going to give me everything. I will have everything I need every time that I need it. That's what joy says. Joy says, hey, you know, we are blessed. What do you mean you're blessed? You're, you're sitting hooked up to dialysis. What do you mean you're blessed? There's some folks that ain't hooked up. There's some folks that's still not here. I, once they unplug me, I can leave here and still make an impact on the world. I can still love somebody. I can still, I still have an opportunity to see my family. Now, I might be uncomfortable. It might take me, it might tax me a little bit, but, but I can still bring light into the world. That's what Joy says, that nothing around me dictates the substance of my life. Nothing around me. Nobody, no rumor. No gossip. Come on, y'all. None of that stuff stops me. Are you feeling me? None of that stuff stops me when I am uh, when, when I am in joy. 
And can I say this? When you find out that that joy is deep on the inside of you, you can literally bounce back from anything. You can literally press your way and make it through anything. And I'm not talking about making it through by the hair of your chinny chin chin. No, absolutely not. I'm talking about you can resolve something so very differently about your life when you function in joy. Joy turns the entire atmosphere. Yeah. That's why I love this time of year. I love uh, 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 Christmas time. I love this season of Advent. I, I love it because of the symbolism, because of the great uh, re refocus that it brings us into all of... Do you, do you have everything you want now? No, but it brings you back to the, the true meaning of life, the true meaning of purpose, right? And I think sometimes we can lose that. I think, and, and here's the unfortunate thing, I think we lose it, that sense of value and worth and purpose more often than we really should because we're depending on happiness. And I get it. I would love to be happy every second of the day. I really would. And that means I would love for everything all the time to go in my favor. But if you've lived long enough, and I know a lot of you have, if you live long enough, you know that that's not going to happen. You're going to have to deal with some stuff in life. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with some ups and some downs, y'all. Facts. You're going to have to deal with some crazy individuals sometimes. And sometimes that crazy individual is you. <laughs> you're going to have to deal with life. Life is not going to stop lifing because you don't like it. No. That, 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 that's not going to happen. No. But you see, I want to just be happy with somebody. But you find that person and you're happy a couple of months, and then the, the shine wears off or you're not happy anymore. You, you, because what do, you, what do you mean? See, because nothing in life will perpetually make you happy. Because if you're growing and you're coming to know and you're coming into an experience with something, then those things, that thing that you that once made you happy is going to grow and change. It's going to have its mood. That person with them green eyes or whatever, the, you know, all those, or, or, or that, that pretty smile or, you know, all those muscles. One day, it's going to change. And now there's got to be another, since, what are you saying? There's got to be more than just, I want to be happy all the time. And I think that's something that the younger generation has to understand. I just want to be happy. I get it. I, I, and I know what you're saying, and I know the perspective, but you also have to adjust to the reality that all things will not always be, you know, every happening will not make you happy. That's where joy kicks in. That's where joy begins to clear its throat. That's where joy begins to say, you know what? Hey, I know that, you know, I'm not happy with this person right now. But I, but I love them. They belong to me. God gave them to me. And, and, and God, uh, you know, uh, gave me to them. That, that, yeah, we're not experiencing, you know, I've not always made my wife happy. And she's not always made my, me happy. Right? I, my, I, I've not always made my children happy. And I'm sure I have not always made them happy. 
But at the end of the day, the joy on the inside of me of, first of all, just having them in my life, the joy of me having my wife, I go back to the places that gave me happiness and I push it forward. That's what Joy says. Remember when, how you met her. Remember on family's campus. Remember when you first held them in your arms and, and they gave you their smirk, first smirk and their little smile and all that. Yeah, that helps you. That kind of joy pushes you through a situation where you were like, well, I don't, I don't want to deal with this no more. I don't want to deal with them anymore. I want to go find somebody new. And you know what? Let me go ahead and be a little controversial. A lot of you would have kept a lot of the relationships uh, that you that you had if you had understood that it wasn't predicated on just making you happy all the time. Now, I'm not talking about every situation, so you, you don't have to get mad. I'm not talking about every situation because everybody's situation is different. But what I will say is this. What I will say is this, is that that, you know, a lot of you gave up too soon. And because you weren't happy anymore, you said it must not be for me anymore. And that's not, no, you're not always happy with your job, but don't you quit. You're not always happy with your pastor, but don't you leave. You're not always happy with your church, but stay planted where God plants you, where you said God put you. You're not always happy with life and things, but you know, you know, no, but nobody wants to die. My granddaddy said that, hey, yeah, you're not happy with life, but ain't nobody want to die. And I'm like, you know, as a young boy, I was like, yeah, he got he he's saying something now. <laughs> I don't like where I am right now. I don't like what's happening right now. But ain't nobody want to die. Do you want this to be your last event? Experiencing this? No. Joy says, keep living a little longer. Keep moving. It's gonna get better. Keep pressing through. That's what Joy says. Joy makes an announcement that, hey, he coming. She's going her way. She's, she's experiencing an advent. She's just going through the valley of the shadow of death right now. She's just going through a, a hard time. He's just climbing up the mountain right now. That's what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. It, it's, it's a little bit difficult, but he, he, they're not going to give up. Joy says, you're going to get there. And so how many things are you losing because you have life in the wrong category? Let me say it again. How many of you are losing so many things because you have life in the wrong category? You have life in the wrong category. You're not always going to be happy. You're not. I wish I had some happiness dust that I could, you know, you know, sell them on my website or whatever. I wish I could. No, no. But I don't think it's necessary with joy on the inside. There have been days that have been so rough at church. I'm talking about in church. You were at the church as a pastor. It's been so hard. There have been days when your heart be your heart's been broken and all kinds of things, and you just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. But then joy reminds you of all of the good things. Joy reminds you of your purpose. Joy reminds you of the people that need you. Joy reminds you of the folk that's faithful. Joy reminds you of the vision that's ahead. Joy reminds you that, that God has more with you than the ones that you think are against you. Joy keeps reminding you, keep going. It's going to get better. 
And that's what I'm going to tell you. Don't stop throwing people away. We are the most canceling, throwing people away so quickly. They don't make us happy anymore, so bye. I'm cutting my losses. And you have absolutely no idea the present potential of that person in your life. Maybe God put them there to help you grow, to help you see, to help you become. That's what Advent, that's what Advent, the Advent candle, the third candle reminds us. That that candle of joy reminds us, hey, you got to persevere. You got to keep going. You got to keep smiling. Oh, for joy. That's right. That I'm saying I am grateful that I didn't give up when I wanted to. I am grateful that I saw it through. And culture call. That's what you got to get your joy up. Uh, listen, get it up. Get it up before you got, you got four minutes. Get it up before the break. <laughs> get your joy up. Yeah. Why are you feeling like you're not going to win? Absolutely. Already at the Impact Nation at our church, I've already told them. And normally I'm like, I'm, I'm like this master try to, you know, event planner. I like to think of things and boom, spring it up on you. But this time I told them, uh, I said, next year, the year 2024 is the year that we are deeming the year of no defeat, of no defeat. And when I said that, when I said that, I felt something on the inside. The Holy Spirit said, you have to change the mindset. You're going to have to get the mindset. Because if he always causes me the triumph and he causes me to, you know, uh, to give me victory in every place, every place that I am, that's a mindset. That's a decision. I've got to decide to have victory. I've got to decide to be a winner even when I haven't won. I've got to learn how to live life after a loss. That's what joy does. That's how you stay in a posture of no defeat. I didn't lose. I didn't lose. I learned. Yeah. And that's how you always win. Because out of every situation, guess what? I learned. I learned how to smile through it. I learned how to persevere. I learned how to be joyous. That's what it is, y'all. And that's what you got to learn. You got to learn that. This Advent season, this December, December 6th, this day, you've got to learn. You got to learn to have joy. That's right. Joy. And anybody that comes to try to tell you otherwise, oh, that man don't know what he's talking about. Bishop, he, don't, he, always, he don't know what he's talking about. When they come tell you that, you, no. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Isn't that what Shirley Caesar said back in the day? Isn't that what we say in the children's choir? I think we need to revive that song for this season. <laughs> this joy that I have, it's mine. It's my joy. And get your hands, get your doubtful, pessimistic, depressing hands, discouraging hands off my joy. I don't want your filthy fingerprints on my joy. Because as for me and my house, I'm going to speak boldly. Me and everything in my house got joy. And guess what? It might have been a rough 2023, but already joy says 2024 is on, is on its way. It have, it's an advent. Remember, something is coming and arriving. It's already my time of no defeat. I'm going to win on my left. I'm going to win on my right. 
Absolutely. That's my story. As Pop Watts would say, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's exactly it. I refuse to lose. And I know I got a lot of y'all out there with me that refuse to lose. That's right. Let it be the mantra of your life. Live your life being, being the person that says, I refuse to lose. I always win. It's my year of no defeat. Absolutely. Listen, this is the Culture Call with yours truly right here, L. Spencer Smith on Praise 93.3, the best in inspirational gospel music. I need you to keep it right here. We've got much more to come. We're going to talk about that last candle. Yeah, in the second segment, love. Yes, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but I know you're bubbling over with joy right now, and I want you to do that. Listen, keep it right here. Got much more to come. Don't miss it. This is a world are back. It's the top of the hour, 11 a.m. and some change right here on Praise 93.3 FM, your inspiration station. Here's the culture call. That's right, with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, and we have been having an amazing day. That's right, an amazing morning talking about Advent, talking about Advent, and I hope that uh, you all have been inspired in just rejoicing with me as we talk about the third candle of the day, which was joy. Yeah, joy candle. Listen, we got one more candle to go. But before I do that, I want to make sure uh, that I invite you to be a part of the Impact Nation Fellowship Church's Toys for Tots uh, uh, drive on this Sunday. If you don't have a church home or if you don't have a particular ministry that have partnered uh, th that does this kind of thing in terms of uh, partnering with the uh, Toys for Tots Foundation and the local Marines to uh, give toys to area children. We've been doing it for over a decade now. It's a big thing. I think this year it's the men against the women. So yeah, you know, <laughs> at our church, but it's always a wonderful time of year where we bring in bikes and we get our toys, load them up you know, around the altar and just have them all out. And then we help them load it. You know, it gives our church so much great joy uh, that we just adopted it. The first time we did it, we, you know, we do was, it was such a moving thing for us. And, uh, and each year it gives us a sense of focus, a sense of ministry, a sense of celebration, knowing that we made a child's Christmas happen. Yeah. We put a smile on their face. So this Sunday, if you so desire, uh, I believe they're going to be restarting receiving toys on Saturday. You know, we normally just wait till Sunday and just load them up on the altar. But they, I think they're going to open up on Saturday to receive some toys. And uh, that will be a great time for you to bring a toy or two. Yeah. Doesn't have to be, you know, expensive in terms of, you know, hundreds of dollars. If you want to do that, you feel led to do that then to God be the glory. But we just want you to be a part of it. Again, if your church is not doing it, even if your church is doing it and you're moved in your heart to come and support uh, what we're doing, we will, we will be more than glad and grateful uh, to have your toy. That's this Sunday, December uh, 10th. This Sunday, December 10th, we want you to be there. At 1030, we're going to be having our Toys for Tots drive uh, in conjunction with the Marines, the local Marines here, and we're going to be uh, loading up toys for children. So, yeah, get excited. I'm super excited. Yeah, this week is also our Leadership Week. 
uh, Leadership Week. Uh, Thursday and Friday is our leadership. We're going to be really talking to leaders and ministry workers and pastors and whoever about this pivot. Our theme this year is pivot, getting ready for the future. There's so many things changing. There's there's so many transitions and transformations. We're still recovering from pandemic level, you know, uh, ideas and mentalities that we're trying to stabilize. We're so busy trying to stabilize. And I think that's a good thing. But stabilization is also recognition that things are not the same, that some things have had a pivot. And one of the things you can do is when there is a curve in the road and you're still trying to go the way you normally go. No, you got to follow the pivot. You got to follow the curve if you want to stay on the road. So, yeah, Thursday and then Friday morning and then Friday evening is going to be going to be just really dealing with the pivot and from a leadership perspective. If you want to be a part of that, let us know and we'll be glad to direct you. I know it's on Eventbrite. You can search it out. Um, It's on uh, bit.ly, bit.ly backslash pivot23. Yeah, you can be a part of that. It's going to be phenomenal in our leadership week. Absolutely. Listen, don't forget that if you have any public service announcements, send them to me at culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Or you can definitely hit me up on the Facebook page, the Culture Call Facebook page. And um, I believe, I believe that uh, once we get them, we will say it on the air like we do all of the time. <laughs> we do it all the time. But you got to send it. You got to send it. Please do not send it to my personal page because I really don't necessarily check out those pages. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't check out those pages. Yeah. No, not not really. No. I, I do the culture call page. So send it there. Send it there. Please, ma'am. And please, sir. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. I know we've got a whole lot of Christmas programs going on, and I want to announce them on the show. I know we've got a lot of Christmas programs going on, bonanzas and recitals and concerts. I want to announce them on the show, Culture Call, so send them to me. Absolutely. Listen, so we've covered how many uh, candles in Advent season? Yeah. You know, the Bible says that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. So even as I talk about them, you're being lit. You're being lit. Your soul, your spirit is being lit. Your consciousness, your mindset is being lit. You're coming to understand something that you perhaps didn't know before or a different kind of perspective. And we've already been through the hope candle. That's week one. The second week is the peace candle. That's this coming week. The third week is the joy candle. And we just talked about that. Let's light this fourth candle, can we? Let's do that. Come on, Coach Call. The fourth candle is the candle of love. The fourth candle is the candle of love. Now, the the fourth candle is interesting. Why do you say that? Glad that you asked. Because you like the fourth candle, and if there is a center candle, the fifth candle, which is a white candle, which is the candle of Christ, you light the fourth and and the white candle, the pink and the white together, right? Because... If Christ has brought nothing else into the world, he brought God's love. He made it possible for us to quote John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so this whole idea of love, 
What is love to you? I'm, apart, apart from the Advent season, define what love is to you. What do you think love is? How do you demonstrate love? What, what's the language of love? You know, the, uh, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote a book, Five Love Languages and all that kind of stuff. It's a good book. A lot of marriages use them. A lot of people in relationships use them. But at the core, the whole issue is what is love and how do we define it? What is the measure of it? How do we, what do we think about when we hear somebody say, I love you? What does that mean? What, 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 what's the definition on that? I think that is something in our present culture and society and definitely in our community that we need to perhaps define and or better yet redefine. That love is making a decision. Remember, I just told you about peace. Peace comes to help you make a decision. You can't have peace if you don't decide to have peace unless you make decisions on behalf of peace. Well, love is the ultimate peacemaker. Because what love is, from its truest sense, from its deepest divine sense, agape, right? From its truest, is to make a decision to do what is best for another individual, to make sure that they're able to have the best of their life. Now, please, take it out of material realm, you know, because that's why I said, how do you define it? That means that I'm going to love my neighbor, my brother and my sister, like I love myself. In other words, love is the ability to treat someone how you treat you. It is the ability to decide to do on behalf of them how you would do on behalf of yourself. That's why the text begins to tell us that there ain't but really two commandments, and that's love God with everything, your strength, everything you are. And Jesus said the second one is just like it. It's likened unto it, right? Not just like, but likened unto it. He says that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in other words, love begins with God and then God showing you how to love you. And you decide to agree with God and how he loves you, right? And then that decision extends to your neighbor. And again, your neighbor can be your spouse. It can be your brother, your sister. And we understand that in the Greek, there are different levels of love, different stages of the love, but the same principle remains. Whether it's, it's storge, that family love, whether it's filio, that, that friendly love, eros, whether it's intimate love, yeah, uh, that it all stands and hinges on agape, the unconditional decision of God to love the world. And it's fallen in its worst place, in its worst state, in its darkest state, right? It is moving into the direction of that individual and causing them to have life, causing them to see how they are better, see how they are valuable, see how they are precious, see how they are worthy, right? That's what love is. That when I say I love you, it's not some caterpillary butterfly feeling that I get in the pit of my stomach. No, eros, that, that might be when I'm, when I'm, you know, when I'm dating someone or when I'm intimate or whatever, with, when I'm with my wife. That's that feeling we feel. 
But that eros is not enough to stay together. It's not enough for me to continue to decide. No. Filio, brotherly love, the same word that comes out of Philadelphia, filio, brotherly love, sisterly love, you know you fall out with your siblings sometimes, both natural and spiritual. You know how that goes. But the foundation that I want to tell you, you know, storge, family love, familial love. Now, I don't even have to say that because me and my brothers, we, you know, <laughs> you know, we, my, listen, I get it. But, but, but when everything stands on agape, I measure my love by how God loves me and how he has taught me to love myself. I can't stand me. Wrong language. You've not experienced God's true love. Because one of the things, fallings, failure, flailings, which you got to understand, does not change God's love. His, better yet, does not change God's decision. So when he sent Christ into the world, it was God's decision at that point in time to wrap himself in flesh in diminutive form and send a love letter with the signature Jesus, right? The birth certificate of God's love in the earth's name is Jesus, right? And so he says, I'm sending that as a gift to them to let them know that I love them. I made my decision. I made my decision to love them. And I know if you if you reflect it, see, because here's the deal. Sometimes that's so hard because we've heard or we've experienced love in such a bad way. And not just in relationships, but uh, in terms of intimate relationships, man and woman and boyfriend, girlfriend. No, not just that, husband, wife. No, but even in our own families, people who birthed us, the people who we were reared with, We've experienced love in such, you know, negative ways that we don't really know how to define it properly. We don't know, we don't know how to decide on behalf of love because love has hurt connected to it for a lot of us. Love, uh, I love them and it broke my heart is the testimony of a bunch of people. And again, that's in family, friendships, and romantic relationships. In church, all of those things. From church hurt to spiritual abuse. That love we've experienced, that, that connotation of love in so many different ways. And nobody's judging you, but what I am saying, perhaps we need to go back and see what Advent says love is. It is God's decision to intercept darkness. It is God's decision to intercept human hatred. It is God's decision to, to allow us to have another opportunity to be so connected to him. It is, God's, it is God's statement to us that all that you have done no longer matters uh, to me, but for me, my response, my ultimate response to your sin, my ultimate response to your depression, my ultimate response to your darkness and discouragement is this light this baby of light, he is coming into the world to bring my light. 
to be my full expression. Man, isn't that good? That's what love is. Now, when I say I love my wife, it's not because she cooked dinner. It's not because she didn't make me mad this week. It's not because, you know, it, we, I, we do everything right. It, when I say I love my children, it's not because anything that, you know, th they've merited or done correctly. No, absolutely not. When he says, this is my beloved son, he's showing us something there. He's showing us that you don't really have to do a thing to be called my beloved. And here is what Paul says at the top of, of, of Ephesians chapter number one. We are already accepted in the beloved. That's what the book says, y'all. That's what the book says. Yeah. That's what the book says. See, here's the truth of the matter. You will never understand resurrection or Easter if you don't visit Advent. If you don't come and park right here and understand love, it was already decided. Yeah, the Passover, resurrection, the Good Friday, three days later was already decided when he sent love into the world. So I know we fall out and we, 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 we run and we shout and we dance because he got up on the third day. And, and, and according to our black sacred rhetoric, we know how to say it. There's, there's nobody that knows how to get him up on the third day like black, black preachmen. Like black preachers, there's nothing. Listen, Resurrection Sunday on a Sunday morning in a black church is the apex of the black spiritual experience. I'm telling you. Because we know how to get him up. But really, the shouting ain't that we got him up. The shouting is that he came. It's the advent. Is the advent, right? Because <laughs> that, that don't mean nothing if he doesn't come, if he doesn't arrive. If he's not a baby born in a manger. Remember, I told you, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son has been given. All in one, that there is no resurrection Sunday. There is no Easter Sunday without a advent season, without him coming, without him arriving. And this is where his love is displayed. His love is displayed when he sends him. That, yeah. John 3, 16 says that. And then he goes, that, listen. Then he says, and he doesn't send his son to condemn the world. Uh, th that Jesus' purpose is not to tell you what you did wrong, wrong, wrong. And to say, you ain't, you're going to hell. That's not what Jesus came for. He said, I said, he sent not his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him may be saved, might find salvation. That's the context of the biblical and or spiritual context of Jesus' arrival. That's why he said, God says, I want them to know that I love them. When you arrive in somebody's life or when God connects you with somebody or when God gives you somebody, your arrival should already mean that you've decided to love them. You've decided to make a decision to help extend their life, to make their life better. That's what you've decided to do. That's the context of what love means, that I've decided that no matter where you are and how you display yourself, I made a decision to do what is best for you. That's why when the text says, you know, sometimes you got to tell somebody the truth. He said, but when you tell the truth, he says, speak the truth, what? In love. Right. You might be telling them that, hey, what you're doing may not be aligning to 
what is written here, you, you, you know. But it's not getting out on a street corner and just hollering and screaming and sending people to hell, sending people to the dark pit. That's not what that's about. That's what we've learned. That's what we were taught. That's what we've seen. But that's because you, you were taught it and you saw it that it was right. No. No. The most shouting and hollering and if there be any condemnation that Christ ever did, that Jesus ever did when he came, was to the religious people. But to other people, he came, the Bible says he came by doing good. He was covering. He was forgiving. He was sending them and said, hey, I've decided that you can live and don't you sin no more. Don't you get back into this habit. Don't You have no accusers. I ain't bringing it up again because true love doesn't bring it up again. If you forgive me, and I've asked for forgiveness, you've forgiven me, then true love doesn't save the context, doesn't save the incident for another time. I know they're going to mess up again. I know they're going to cut up again. No. Uh-uh. True love says, okay, I tell you, I'm covering that. It covers, covers a what? A multitude of fault. Oh, man. What you mean, L? Bishop, what you talking about? You mean to tell me that I can't just cut people off when I, I just can't leave them, I just can't. No, because we want Old Testament retribution when it comes to other people, but we want New Testament grace when it comes to us. And that is not love. With, in, in any stretch of the imagination, that is not love. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's that's something that we you, you we understand we need to embrace and we need to understand. And I don't think we really teach love like that. But that's what Advent is. It comes to say that I, that God decided in His mind to send His very best. That's what love is. I'm gonna give you my very very best. If I am in relationship with you, if we are connected, if we are planted together, if we are ordained to be together, if we are have purpose together, that I'm going to do my best and decide my best for you. I found out that many people that says, oh, I love you, Pastor. I love you, hell. I love you. They didn't know. No, no, no. Because see, when you're highly gifted and highly productive, people fall in love with what you can give them. They fall in love with your giftedness. They fall in love with your talent. And that is only until they tell you become inconvenient to them or, or, they find what they perceive to be better than you. Absolutely. So then there's that. That's not true love. That's manipulation. And I don't care how you look at it. That's exactly what it is. You know, you, you don't, you don't, you, you, the, the way we view people. There are many people that, in, that were in my life in one season that are not actively in my life now, but I still love them. I still would never do any harm. If they call me today, I'll be right there. Because I know if I call them today, that is a mutual sentiment. And I think, again, because we, 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 we don't properly define love, you know, we don't properly define it. It's not just in word, but it's also what? Indeed. It's in action. It's in giving. You see? That you can't love and don't give. 
And I'm not talking about just offering tithes and offerings at your church. I'm not that. No, you, no, 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 no. We give Christmas presents. We give, we have dinner together. We give plates out. You know why? Because it's an extension of our love. It's the deed of love, not just the word of love. You feel me? Yeah. And so I think that's the sentiment that we must understand in this new this new definition of love as we come into Advent. And that and that's why it's the next candle right before you light the Christ candle. Right before you light the Christ candle. Love is because love becomes the epitome of what he came to do. And if you're not coming into my life to love me, I'm talking about how I show up. Sometimes God would allow us to, 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 to be in relationship with people who show up in a place that he has, we are supposed to love them through. Ah, that they don't come, they come dirty because God has already placed inside of you enough love to clean them up. Say that again. I know that one shook the table in your house. <laughs> yeah, maybe that person came into your life all dirty because God had already invested in you enough love to clean them up. Now, how about that one? Yeah, swirl that around and, and think about that one. Did you mishandle love because you threw somebody away too soon? Did you mishandle love because who they were were going to be too controversial for you to hang around them anymore? I don't know if I want to be around them. I don't want nobody talking about me. Well, it's no longer about them now. It's all about you. You changed their situation and their state of being in life about you. But if you love them, yeah, that's why, you know, throwing people away, parents throwing their children away, Children being estranged from their parents, and regardless of what happens, absolutely not. That's my family. Where are you, where are you going? No, absolutely not. They come home and say, hey, this is I'm showing up right now. Okay, I get it. Now, ideologically, I may not agree. From a very religious context, I may not agree. But those things do not move my love. Those things help me embrace them because God may be, listen, what if love is the test to see if we are really what we say we are? What if loving people through things is really the test? Yeah, what if that is? It's amazing how, how people, you know, they pick and choose who and what they want to love. No, that's not how that goes. When Jesus came into the earth on Advent, he was the epitome, the expressed image of the Father's love. I know we call him Savior of the world, Redeemer, Wonderful Constant, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. I know we got all that. I know we have all of those. I know we have covenantal names, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Gamola. I know all of them. Jehovah Mekadesh. I know we know all, we have all of those names for him. You know, black sacred rhetoric. He's a bridge over troubled water. Huh? He's a, he's a doctor that ain't never lost a case. A, le, a, a lawyer. He, yeah, I, I get it. We can have all those names. But if we don't understand that at the beginning and the end and all throughout the day, that he is the express 
image of God's love, then we've missed who he really is. We've missed what it is really come to do, culture call. And oh, what a wonderful thing it would be if we would re-engage, redefine, hold each other accountable this season. That's right. This season to the love of God, to the love of God displayed in Christ, to the love of God displayed in Christ at Advent season, at this point in time. Because until we learn how to love people, Christ has not come. That's right. He's not come until we learn how to love. Now, I know I've given you a whole lot to think about because that's what I want to do. I want to think, I want to, I want you to think about it. I want, I want you to think about it as a, as, as a black person as, in our African-American community, as religious people, spiritual people, people, church going people, believers. I want us to wrap our minds around this whole particularity around what love really means. It's that fourth candle, y'all. It's that fourth Advent candle that picks the table up and shakes the table. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we are not who we say we are. You can sing, sign me up on the Christian Jubilee all you want to. You can sing, we've come this far by faith all you want to. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord all you want to. But until we walk into this measure of love, then Christ have not yet been born. He's not yet come and arrived in our lives. Think about it. Listen, this is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on your great inspiration station. Praise 93.3. Got more to come. Don't miss it. This is a world Listen, and we are back. I'm telling you, we got a little bit more to go on this great show today. Talking about Advent, yeah, Advent candles. Yeah, just want to bring, like, what in the world? Advent candles? Yeah, you know, I bring out every every now and then. I pull out my stash and let you know, you know, hey. But you can call me up, chat it up, 205-752-4800. Definitely hit me up on the app. Hit me up on the app. Let me know what you're thinking about our subject matter let me know that you're learning something today, you know, because I definitely want to empower you with knowledge, that knowledge is indeed power. Listen, in this final segment of the show, I definitely want to talk about this whole idea of the love candle being lit to the Christ candle. That, you know, many times we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate in whatever iteration you want to see that. I think what, 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 um... What Advent does is to make sure that we are aligned with our uh, aligned with what we say we really believe. That the whole objective is not is not gifts. Again, I said that before. It's not food. You know, or none of that. It's to make sure that our lives, from hope, uh, peace, joy, love, ends us into being lit for Christ, ultimately. I think that's the whole ultimate idea of the season, that as we, as we celebrate with family and we get around the tree and we exchange gifts and we hug each other and all those different kinds of things, you, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I don't believe, I know that the whole symbolism 
is to make sure that Christ is functioning in you from a particular aspect of understanding that all of these things, hope and all of the others, will get us to understand that the greatest movement of, of, of God and hope, peace, joy, and love is Christ, that he is the ultimate symbol. So why celebrate him and then on finding it difficult to do the words that prophetically declare who he is? Hope declares who he is, who, who, he, who he is. Peace declares who he is. Joy declares who he is. Love definitely declares who he is. And we say that we are Christians. We say that we are believers. We say we are people of the way. But then we struggle with hope. We struggle with peace, being hopeful, expectant. We struggle with all of these things. And bar there being some chemical and or mental deficiency, we get into cycles where we are depressed. We get into cycles where hatred and warfare creep into our soul, calamity, you know, seems like the order of the day. We we get into a space where we are not joyous. We don't believe we're ever going to make it. Where we don't have any energy. That lethargy and, and and sloth takes over our life. And then we get into this, you know, lack love. We find reasons to create enemies. You know, and then we stand up and say we're Christian. How? The other candles have not been lit. How can you be like Christ and have no hope? How can you be like Christ and have no peace? How can you be? Come on, culture call. Challenge yourself. How can you be like Christ and have no joy? How can you say that you are a son of God, a child of God, and have no love for your brother man? How? And the whole idea of this time of year is to bring it back to our remembrance. Just like communion, just like the Holy Eucharist, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. How can we get to Advent, Christmas time, and not remember what we ought to be like, what we ought to do? Listen, see, here's the deal. You... And I are not responsible for people's uh, reaction, response to us. Uh, and, and I say that from a perspective of making certain that our ways are always loving toward people, that we're always making the decision to be at peace. We're always walking in joy and hope and expectation. Our attitudes are always one that are, are God word that are positive, yeah? So when we do that, then we're not necessarily responsible for how other people treat us, but definitely we are responsible for how we treat them and who we say we represent. Do you know right now, historically, all around the world, the globe, y'all, the hardest thing to reconcile is the way Christians act. It's the hardest thing to reconcile. It's the hardest thing to, to say, wait a minute, that person is a Christian and they, they do this? That person is a Christian and they've got racism and bigotry in their heart? That person does this? 
historically. And they, they won't help people. They, they won't help refugees. They won't help nobody. These people are Christian and they burn crosses in front of burned down houses. These people are Christian and they hang people from trees. These people are Christian and they're killing up each other in their own communities. And they and they that's what they say. That that's what they really. They love people who they hate people who are different from them, but they're Christian. Here's what God says. Here's what He says. This is what the text says through John, John the Apostle, the beloved. Is that how can you love God, whom you have never seen, and hate your brother, who you see? What? Every day. I ain't make that up, y'all. Y'all know that's in the book. That's in the text, right? How? Even back then, the issue of displaying the full parameter of Christ was an issue. In I'm talking about, think about it, in those days, in early AD days. That was a, they were like, wait, wait how, 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 how? How he said, how you you get him on Sunday morning and you sing, oh Jesus, I Jesus, I Jesus, and Lord, I love you. Let place no one above you, and then you don't talk to anybody. You nasty to everybody. But how? How? How does how how does that reconcile? How? Let me ask that again. How does that reconcile? What's the truth about that? Huh? See, I, I, I think because we made our definitions uh, so loose and our, our remembrance is so weak, we, we don't remember. We don't, we don't remember Advent. We don't remember those, these candles. And some of you, like, I didn't know. I, I didn't know to remember because I, this is my first time hearing about it. I got you, sweetie. I got you, sir. I got you. <laughs> hey, I get it. Let, listen, when we know better, what do we do? We do better. But but now I know. But beyond that, see, because though these candles remind us that we can't live as loosely and as, as you know, humanly as we think we can. When I say human, I'm talking about the attitude and our perspective. But they did it to me. I'm going to do it to them. Nah, listen, I don't even have the bandwidth. I don't have the bandwidth. I enjoy covering. I enjoy defending. I enjoy saying that ain't got nothing to do with you. That ain't got nothing to do with me. My mom always said that don't come before me. Nah, I ain't got, nope. I'm not going to put my mouth on that. Not at all. I'm not going to say nothing about that because I don't know the full parameter of what happened. It, yeah, no, mm -mm. you're not going to even get me into that. And sometimes I think we miss the relevance, the relevance of who we are, the relevance of who Christ is and who he has come to be when we're always trying to prove to other people. The text says, let your light shine. Talking about candles now. Let your light shine. He says, nobody lights a candle and put it under the bushel. No, they put it on a candlestick that it can give light to the entire room. Let your light so shine. The implication there is that I've set you in a place 
to where if you shine, you're going to be seen. Let your light shine before men that they can see your what? Good works and do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. I didn't miss it. See, it's not just what we say, but people have stumbled over what we do. Over what we do. And I get it. There are some people, they do things and they never apologize. They do things to hurt you and to malign you. I get it. I get it. And those things can make you mad and angry. But you cannot allow those things to take your hope. You cannot allow those things to take your peace. You cannot allow those things to disrupt your joy. And you can definitely not allow those things to make you stop loving. And sometimes in our own arrogance, that's why I called you call. I said our own arrogance. We think we got a right to have an attitude. We have a right to hate. We got a right to not forgive. We, you don't know what they did. Yeah, but we don't know what you did. We're hearing the story from your perspective. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't hear what you, did you do anything to provoke it? I get it. So, so, so be quick. Be quick to move in love and forgive. Be quick to move. I know it's a process. Forgiveness is not, you know, forgiveness is not this overnight thing. It is what we call fastidious forgiveness. That's, I got to think about it. I got to make sure that I, I, I think about it and, and apply it and, and understand what's happening, understand exactly what I'm forgiving. Because here it is. You don't forgive. Forgive has the connotation that once you forgive, you don't bring it up again. If you bring it up again, you've not forgiven. That's what it means to forgive and forget. I, I brought everything, all the offense up to the to the front. I brought all the problem up to the front. I brought all the stuff that I could, X, Y, Z, say, A, B, C. I brought it up and I'm covering it. I'm, I'm forgetting it. I'm done. If you can, and, I, and, and, and this doesn't mean forget it, but it's like I forgot it because I'm not bringing it up ever again. Do you remember it? Sure you do. But... But in real time, I'm never bringing that up again as a reason not to love, as a reason to hate you, as a reason not to treat you well. I'm not bringing it up again as a reason to hold it over your head and make you feel ashamed of yourself. I'm not bringing it up again. And if you haven't done that, guess what? And here's the deal. The thing I love about this is that if you work, if you work with Christ, this last candle, he'll do it. He'll put it into place, you know, and he'll put it into place where he said, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know who I am. They don't know what I bring to the table. They don't know what you sent me to do. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to even remember that. I'm going to keep living my life because I refuse to stay. I, listen, I might bump into them in the mall and be mad. I'm mad, I'm mad all over again. My blood pressure didn't hide and upset my stomach and drop my little cookie in my icy because I saw them. I saw them walk out of Claire's. I saw them walk out of J.C. Penny. Now I'm mad all over again like it happened yesterday. Guess what you didn't do? You didn't forgive. And if you didn't forgive, you didn't love. Yeah. And if you didn't love, you didn't have joy. And if you didn't have joy, your peace ain't working and you definitely, your hope is shut down. See, and the best way to do is go and stop lying to yourself and tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Am I really 
do I really have this last candle, Christ candle, in Advent? Yeah, the Christ candle. Is it really lit in my life? I remember I preached a message years ago called Get Lit. That's when it was a big coin phrase in the hip-hop culture. And, the, and yeah, and I was talking about letting your light so shine. I was talking about God lighting, being allowed, the spirit allowing the candle of your heart, the candle of your spirit, that you can align yourself with him. The question is, is your Christ candle lit? And you cannot let it light them. Here's what Advent say: You can't light the Christ candle until you've lit all the other four. Woo-woo! That's a big one today, isn't it? <laughs> Something to think about indeed. Listen, this is the Coach Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith. Right here on your inspiration station, Praise 93.3. We got a little bit more to go, but I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. This is a world premiere. Listen, we have had an amazing day today. Don't you think? Yeah, I think we've learned a lot. <laughs> if nothing else, we learned about the Advent candle, Advent wreath, rather, and the candles on the wreath. That we learned about hope. We learned about peace. We've learned about joy. Definitely learned about love. And we learned about Christ. And the reason why I did this is because I wanted to make us aware and bring us into a space to understand, you know, Kirk Franklin wrote a song years ago on his Christmas album saying that Jesus is the reason for the season. And I agree with that. I, I wholeheartedly agree that he is the reason for the season. But I think sometimes we don't understand the season's reason. We don't understand. We don't understand what the season really is. The reason for the season. I know you say it's Jesus, but what does that really mean? And so we got to be brought back into a clarity, brought back into a space to where we understand that, yeah, that stuff being on layaway, a lot of presents under the tree, maybe very few presents under the tree, a big, a big, you know, refrigerated full of food, or maybe just making ends meet. That's not just, that's not the meaning of a season. The meaning of a season is wherever I am, I have hope. Whatever state of life I am in, I have peace. That no matter what I make on my job, whether I'm a millionaire or a hundredaire, <laughs> I have joy. And definitely, definitely in my heart, I have love. Love enough to have already decided to care for my fellow man, to do good to those, to forgive, to not allow hatred to have any access into my heart and into my life. Yeah. If I hate anything, I hate what life does to people who don't understand what it means to have Christ in theirs. Yeah. And so I, 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 I wanted to bring us... In, into this understanding of the Advent wreath to focus us, to center us, to make us to understand that, yes, there's more to this season than just what we've known, that we have a higher calling and an expectation of a coming and arrival. And I don't mean to wax deep and spiritual, but this is just the first Advent. There's another Advent that's coming. <laughs> Yeah, there's another Advent that's coming that we're still looking forward to. So, hey, let this season, this season be the one that announces that I have everything I need to be who God has made me to be. 
and I'm grateful for it. Absolutely. Listen, like my grandmom and my mother would say at the end of every phone call, I love you a bushel and I love you a peck and I love you a hug around the neck. This has been the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith, right here on your inspiration station, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, your inspiration station, Praise 93.3 FM. I need you to keep it right here. Enjoy great gospel music. Be kind to each other, love each other, and have a very blessed day. Peace.